how to start tracking your time. Why? Why would you even do such a thing? So tracking your time is something that's not something very many people do. Intentionally, but unintentionally, we already use calendars anyway. Most of us. So we are already kind of planning our time. The thing is, the planning is the future. But if you don't analyze the past, I mean, you can still like try to plan the future, but if you don't analyze the past, then you miss out on basically miss you miss out on just getting the data from all the mistakes you made when planning the time. So all the times you were late, for example, if you don't record these things, then you just never know what actually caused all these things. And it also speaking as someone who already has tracked his time over quite some time, it's you just get a different feeling. You just see time, I think, differently. I mean, I cannot compare it to something else because that's something I've done for a few years at this point in time, but yeah, well, how to start tracking your time. So, the first thing is to just analyze what already is there. Obviously, if you think about future planning, so future time planning, what you do with a calendar is you just schedule very important appointments. But scheduling very important appointments is only like one part of scheduling your time. Because most things you do every single day are things you do almost every single day. Like standing up, like making something to eat, like going out for dinner, like brushing your teeth, like working for example. I mean, yeah, many people also work. So now, how to analyze the time? It's just, just seeing what is there. This is the basic, these, these are the basics of every analysis you are trying to do. You just see what is already there. And if you then actually see what is already there, because you now can see it better, you can see it more clearly, then you can actually try to change things. So for example, you could actually try to schedule how much of your available time you want to spend with friends, how much of your available time you want to spend with family. And then these decisions you encounter every single day, they are just easier because you then already have a principle on which upon you can then act better. It's not that you act necessarily better, it's just you don't need as much willpower and also rational thinking to solve these time problems. So for example, should you go out with your daughter on this very important soccer game, which she attends because she's a small soccer player, or should you actually do the presentation for tomorrow for the meeting you have, but already, which already could maybe change your life for the better. These are obviously questions we encounter. Questions like these are questions we encounter every single day. And if we don't plan ahead, Because going to the default, that means it's something that is that kind of 
works. But if going to the default of decisions means, for example, driving to McDonald's instead of cooking something because you have to think about what to cook and how to cook and because it's not something you already established as a default, then it becomes very, very draining because you actually have to use your rational thinking again. Now, here's the thing, if you now schedule things in the future, if you, for example, you can plan that, I mean, it's it's kind of very obvious, we all just have a certain amount of time. Basically, you can just take the lifespan that is calculated these days for your age, and basically for your age, because age is the most important thing, I guess, when it comes to, obviously, there are also other risk factors, and you could calculate your rest time on this earth a little bit more accurate if you count in other variables but let's just assume you get in total 80 years so 75 to 80 years that's at least what you get in a in a very developed nations these days in a very developed nation these days so now you have the years and the next heuristic humans use usually is the we use humans use is usually so the year and then we have the month then we have the week and then we have the day and the day has hours minutes and seconds and that's already all the time units you kind of have to know if you want to use basically any time unit i guess because we already encountered that it is very impractical to say that like in in 17.5 hours I will do this. This is very complicated. It's much easier to say like in the afternoon. It's much easier to break it down. It's much easier. And therefore, we already have all these heuristics. Why? Because they are easier. And now, I would just recommend to just use them. You could also come up with your own heuristics. Like, for example, you take two months and that would be like two months. But instead, what you could also do is you just take three months and then it's a quarter. So if you need subdivisions of time, then just take also these that are already just take the ones that are already available if you want to break down an hour you could break it down into 26.7 minutes but the thing is 26.7 minutes don't add up to 60 minutes and that creates a problem because it's not one hour so dividing for example the hour in just slots of 10 minutes is also using a 10 heuristic we also use because we use the decimal system therefore 10 minutes for example as the smallest countable time unit makes sense so now you just take the heuristics that are already there that is the first step that I would recommend if you now already have analyzed your time usage and now also want to do this in the future there are basically two ways that you can go uh, when analyzing when trying to analyze your time usage the first one is to go with paper or there's also another way you could just try to come up with all these things in your head but storing that much data is something the human head is not made for and especially the human mind therefore i mean i could like extend this point further but i think it's not necessary so it's just clear that if you have something to store the data like a piece of paper then it's much easier to actually then try to take a step back and try to analyze it again so therefore you could either try to make it in your head and the thing is making it in your head so actually counting and tracking the time in your head is also a lot easier if you already have done the proper time tracking with either a pencil and paper or just digitally and digitally is the thing that I would recommend I personally 
did track my time on pen and paper for quite some time and I also it was kind of a, a double method because for one it was a time blocking method so therefore for example if I had three available hours and I had to study like two different subjects and also do the dishes and also go out for a run then I would just take all these time slots for example two hours and then I would just see what are the priorities and obviously when it comes to long-term scheduling and also long-term planning of activities it doesn't make any sense to sit down and be like oh yeah what are the priorities because the thing is if you have a very strong default and this is the thing you actually want to create the thing you go back to should the thing basically that's the default for a single day should not be something or should be something that's already the right thing to do that already has the right prior prior priorities built into it so this could mean if you for example take the 24 hours of each and every single day then you just say uh, you sleep six to eight hours maybe and these are just hours that are already taken then what's left what's left is 16 hours maybe maybe 18 hours so depending on how long you sleep let's just assume we have like eight hours of sleep why is this so nice because 24 divided by 8 is actually three it means a third of the day is just scheduled for sleeping if you sleep less than eight hours I mean it could be we could also say that you just schedule basically eight hours for sleeping and going to sleep and awakening so therefore the rest of the time is kind of awake time where you are also dressed and ready so now we just take the 16 hours that are left and then we just see what else there is for example I for myself just schedule one single hour maybe sometimes more but one single hour is basically the default for every single day for just doing some sport in the evening why in the evening because it's a nice break after kind of the day so therefore in this hour usually at around 6 p.m. not usually but I try to hit it almost I try to hit it as often as I can because then I don't have to think about what I do at 6 p.m. because it's already done and what actually systems like these then allow you to do is actually try to bend the activities of other people for example to your own activities obviously this is something that's kind of selfish but at the same time often there is not a strong default for what actually is the thing we want to do It's a little bit later, I had to cut the video before because there actually something happened on it. And therefore, now, just continuing the video, we were talking in the general theme about how to start tracking your time. We already covered many different aspects using time heuristics. Already, the fact that already many people have a calendar, therefore, they all are already kind of planning their time. But Obviously, that's only about the future. Therefore, the analysis has to kind of also happen in the past. So, as the next step, we already covered a few different things, which I honestly cannot remember. But let's now just continue. Yeah, we also covered kind of my personal history with starting to track the time and also to schedule the time of the system I came up with. So, how the system actually look like. I mentioned it before but I did not go into detail before. So 
I just took a sheet of paper and I, as I explained before, just took like three hours, if I had three hours, and then I just prioritized the things in which priority they had to be done. Sometimes things are time constrained. This means, this doesn't necessarily mean that they have a certain time amount they take, but rather often things need to be done in a certain, within a certain window of time. And therefore, the priority actually is not the pro the priority is basically the combined thing between the, the general priority of this thing combined with the priority the time priority so if it's something that needs to be done in the near term future and how important is this that it is to be done in the near term future because there are also things obviously that have to be done in the near term future but aren't important so therefore the priority is kind of the function out of these two variables so now when it comes to actually then planning the time and also tracking the time you could use a system where you kind of plan the time and also block the time and therefore if you then plan out the whole day so usually what we do if we use a calendar we just plan out the, the things that need to be in the calendar that we need to remember so basically the most important things but what you also could use a calendar for is to just plan the entire day so not only like the two hours where you meet someone for example or you have an appointment for work or where you drive to work but what you also could do is just schedule out the rest this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to act it out but if you plan it then at least you have a very good default and at least you thought about the things you then do so this means you could potentially use the calendar as also a tracking device because if you then take a look at all the previous events what you can do for example with Google Calendar is that you take different calendars for different things you have in life so one for health for example whenever you schedule a run just this goes into the health calendar then there are so if you then distribute the time among the different categories of your life health work finance sleep but sleep is also health, so therefore you can categorize your life into also the time of your life into all these different time buckets. And what you then can do is just take a look at the historic calendar and then you see the distribution by colors, for example. If you, for example, in my calendar, health usually is green. I have an exception with sport because I want sport to be red, but sport also counts towards health, obviously. And then I have work, then I have. Um, also, other scheduled things like sleep obviously also comes to health. But if you then take a look at the calendar, what, you, what this would allow you to do is to just see the distribution of the 24 hours, not to the weeks, just marked basically by the time, by the color. And this already would give you kind of a feedback about your time usage. Additionally, what you also can do is to actually track your time and also to analyze your time because if you take a look at your Google Calendar in the past, I mean, this only gives you some information, but actually is even more useful if you can categorize different things like, okay, what, for example, of all the sport activities I do, on average, how, what's the average of a single day, for example? I mean, you schedule, for example, the full hour of sport every single day, does this mean you also, just because you do it, doesn't just to plan to do it doesn't necessarily mean you do it. Of course, you could be just be very strict and just do everything that's on your calendar. And if 
something changes, then you also change the calendar. Therefore, the calendar actually would be identical to the time tracking tool. But there are also different time tracking tools out there, or other time tracking tools, than just using the calendar that actually allow you to then analyze the data within the app. So naturally, because it's an intended function. So what I use is something called Smarter Time. It's an app on Android. I don't know if it is also available on iOS. And you first have to find out in which detail you actually want to track your time. For me, this comes down to so what I use as a heuristic. I mean, I use the hours, seconds, and minutes. But it doesn't. If something is smaller than ten minutes, I just try to find the thing that I did the most for these ten minutes. So therefore, I use the ten minutes as the smallest unit of time which I track. This doesn't mean that that this is the smallest unit of time. Obviously, that you have to find a unit of time that is worth tracking. If you, for example, track, if you used 15 minutes, would also be very nice because then you would have five, so four slots an hour basically, and then it's it's you can use the four heuristic, so the heuristic of the even numbers. But what I found to be more useful is to because in 20 minutes you can do a lot. So for example, you could do like 20 minutes uh, where you, have, for example. The problem is that you often do activities that within 20 minutes can be different. This means, for example, 10 minutes you could make a call and then the next 10 minutes you could study again or read something. Then these two activities are too different to be categorized into one and therefore you would have the tracking would just be off because it's essentially if you did these two things like 10 minutes and 10 minutes then you have the problem that you have to find a solution for this and the solution then and the solution is maybe just getting it to pause the video again so the solution then would be I mean I know the first part of the sentence but I don't know the second so therefore let's just back up a little bit and go back to the time tracking problem with the traditional approach of a Google Calendar or just using your calendar as a time tracking tool is the limited data analysis basically. What a tool like Smarter Time allows it to do is to go more into detail and to also check the distribution of the time. For example, it could be that you, I mean, just to know how much time, for example, on average you sleep is something that's very useful because then you can actually check if it's six hours, seven hours, eight hours, if you should sleep more. Because, for example, what you then could do is you could try to optimize it. If you don't know the duration of your sleep, and it should be longer or it should be less longer, so shorter, then you have the problem that you just don't know. And if you then try to optimize it, you just don't have any data where you can act upon. So, for example, just knowing how much of your time you actually spend in bed, spent basically totally not doing anything at all but sleeping, is something that's very useful. And what else is very useful is, for example, tracking the time you actually work. And this is, for example, where 10 minute heuristic as the smallest time unit, trackable time unit, comes very well into place or comes in handy. It's to find out, for example, the thing is this. I was basically talking about the 50-50 distribution within a 20-minute time slot before. And the 
problem you obviously have is, for example, if you work for 10 minutes and then you do 10 minutes something else, you are at work, for example, and then you scroll 10 minutes on Facebook, then that's something that you have to register. And because it's something you have to register and you also have to track, therefore, it's something you think about. And if you think about these things, then these things accumulate. And as these things accumulate, you start to register, for example, that you spend like 60 minutes a week on Facebook. And if you don't want to spend this time on Facebook, then you now have the data where you actually can say, okay, if I don't want to spend this time on Facebook, this is what I actually could gain. And then you can do calculations like, okay, I got one hour a week if I quit watching or doing stuff on Facebook in between. And with this one hour, for example, I just could use this and spend more time with my daughter or try to learn a new language this one hour a week or try to improve the language I already have or try to make new friends or try to deepen the relationships with the friends I already have. And these are things you only can do, these are things you only realize if you have the data on, for example, how much Facebook usage you have. Smarter time, for example, goes even deeper and you can give it basically usage access on your phone. I think it's called usage access. And what this allows you to do is it just tracks how much screen time the individual apps on your phone have. For example, you could just track how much time you watch stuff on YouTube, how much stuff you watch on Netflix, how much time you spend on Wikipedia. I don't know if it also tracks websites, but if you have the Wikipedia app installed, that's something that's useful. Or to also use it to hit certain goals, for example, if you try to learn a new a new language with, with Duolingo, I mean, my accent is just kicking in all the time. I haven't spoken English in a few days and that's when I usually realize that I just, that my pronunciation surface is pretty bad. Now, you can actually do these things if you have the data. So what I would recommend is just for, if you want to, there's also the approach that if you track it once and do, you then know about it, you just have more data to act. This doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do it for the rest of your life. Even though it might be something that's useful, it might be something that's only keeping you from doing actually the thing. What you then could do is not to be like, I either track my time or I don't because I want to be free and I want to be flexible and I want to do whatever I want. But I mean, it's you who tracks the time. It's you who does the time tracking. Therefore, what makes, for example, sense is not to see it as a one or zero, but to see it, okay, I do track my time, but I just don't do it as in detail as before. This could mean that you only track 20 minutes in slots and you, and you don't track the evenings or just be mindful, not be mindful, just be, <laughs> what's the thing I want to say? It's just to be logical about it. Just to not, not be like, it's either time tracking or not time tracking, but just don't do it as detailed if you don't want to do it as detailed. And the, the actual usage, the app usage on your phone is something you can do or can run in the background without you doing anything. The other things is something you obviously actively have to track. So if you actually want to track how much time you spend making coffee, for example, nobody knows or the app cannot know how much time you spend doing coffee. In the future, there may be automations, also in terms of data protection, obviously horrible, but in the future, there may be solutions to this. For example, you could also allow smarter time usage to your notebook and then see which websites you spend a lot of time on. 
therefore you can also include your notebook data into this. This is something for me I didn't find quite useful because in such a scenario where you actually track also the programs, each program would have to be in a certain category. But often, I mean, if Chrome, for example, is open, this could be that I'm researching something for health, that I'm actually working, that I'm just browsing something for my free time or planning something for travel. I don't know. It could mean many different things. And this is the problem with tracking apps and also websites. Facebook, for example, is also something. It's a tool if you use it in order to upload videos to Facebook, but for many, for example, Facebook is just cons consumption, for example, or Instagram could also be just consumption, if it's not something that's like business-based or you have to do for work. So therefore, sometimes it's very easy to just say this activity belongs to one category and sometimes it's very hard. So as a solution, how to start tracking your time is actually not that hard. You just take a look at what you already do and you just write it down, either with an app digitally or on paper analog, but on paper is obviously, it's very difficult. What I, for example, did with my sheet of paper is that I, so the first iteration was just time blocking basically, and then I had the time blocks, but I didn't know in which order I did them. I just, I just marked them complete when I completed them. So it was like 20 minutes of reading, complete read this book for 20 minutes or study for 60 minutes complete or go for a run 30 minutes complete if you do it this allows still for scheduling but this is also kind of a problem because then you have actually the choice and limiting the choice I mean it can be something that's like constraining if you feel like you don't want to do the thing you planned the day before then that's obviously something then you then it would be useful to allow yourself a little bit more freedom. This could be that you just say, it doesn't matter in which order I do the things. I don't have to do the same things in the morning every single day. For example, I could also stand up tomorrow and do something different in the morning. So, but if you are already adherent to a very strict schedule, this is very helpful because this actually allows you to just do the things you plan to do. I mean, if you, for example, plan things and don't act on these things or you just cannot act out these things then it's not very useful because you just cannot plan any things at all because you only do them on like with a certain percentage with like 60% you do them this, if you cannot plan the things you do the next day this is something that's not very helpful because you just live whatever you, you just do whatever you want to do and this means you cannot plan things because if you cannot rely on yourselves yourself doing the thing the next day then it's obviously something that complicates your life a lot so now as a final resolution as I already said we are in the final resolution phase I would start to track the time I would use something digital when it comes to my pen and paper approach I then switched to basically my calendar for each and every single day so this looked like three columns each eight hours and within the eight hours I had like blocks for 20 minutes so each hour has 20 that's three blocks of 20 minutes and then within these 20 minutes I just then wrote 10 minutes doing this 10 minutes doing this and I just planned for example the next day or the next few hours obviously it also is useful to have things already on preset for example your sleeping hours because otherwise you would have to fill them out constantly therefore you just make a template over time with the things you do for example you could for example you could do your usual 
um, sleeping times and then just going to bed and waking up which also takes like 10 20 minutes and also hygiene and stuff like this then it's basically all this block sleeping and hygiene and showering and then the rest of the day is more flexible because you don't have to worry about hygiene and showering that much in the rest of the day because you just schedule these things before and after sleep um, it's the same with eating for example if you do intermittent fasting or what you also could do is like in addition to the hygiene stuff in the beginning of the evening what you could do just as a default is just do eating in the evening and eating in the morning and then you would just have a very huge block of time that is basically completely free not free but you can basically do whatever you want the next day it doesn't necessarily mean that you can do whatever you want because you can never really but at least in theory this is available this huge time block is available for a lot of deep work for example or just for random things to appear in and yeah I just then did this default template and where I already had marked a few things and then I also began to write down a few things like additional things but essentially I didn't switch to digital because just filling out the paper I mean it's obviously that's something that's something that's very nice also it has this thing the correlation between the attention you spend on doing things when writing so writing has the kind of advantage that you have to spend time because you cannot write like as fast as you would type but it also means that you just cannot write as fast I guess so therefore I switched to digital with tracking and also with the calendar and left basically the paper and pen system but in order to start a pen and paper is just something everybody already has you don't have to download like 10,000 apps and read all the data protection or privacy statements which obviously is a big concern when doing all of this stuff but that's basically it about time tracking and how to start time tracking